I think sometimes people that have less of a handle at something, they're more dogmatic about it. Not a lot of them, but sometimes. And the reason is, you know, I've always said that a little knowledge and a little confidence, right, oftentimes is not a good combination, right? I don't know if you ever know. People that seem to be secure with what they know, they're a little bit less, I think, maybe dogmatic about it because when you're secure with what you know, you're also secure with what you don't know. You understand? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast of Calvary Chapel Echo Park here in Los Angeles, California. We are a small fellowship of diverse believers who want to serve our Lord and do His will. You can find out more about our fellowship at ccechopark.com. Join us for our live stream on Sunday in the New Testament and Wednesday evenings in the Old Testament. Now let's get into the Word of God in our weekly podcast. The teaching is from Pastor David Higa and will be the study of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 5 verse 1 says, And I saw in the right hand of him. Who's the him? This would be God the Father on the throne. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. So here we go, right? So we have God the Father on the throne, and he has this this scroll. When you look at this word scroll, it's um, it's, um, little... The word um, in the Greek, it's biblion, right? But it speaks of, uh, of, of a book, basically, a small book. And it's referenced as a scroll here, right? And so we have this scroll, and it's in the right hand of, of the Father. And we have writing on the inside and on the back. And so the question has to be, what is this scroll, right? It's an important thing to look at. Now, the problem is, we don't have a definitive answer. Just like we didn't have a definitive answer of who the 24 elders were around the throne. We had to cross-reference to other scriptures, and we had to piece things together. Now, I believe the 24 elders are representative of the, of the church, and we looked at a lot of scriptures, right? Remember, we looked at the Ezekiel passage. We looked at the Isaiah passage, right? They had visions of the throne, right? But it's missing the 24 elders. We have the 24 crowns, right? They're the Stephanus. They're the crowns of a victor speaks of people that what have finished the race right so the raptured church right they finished the race of faith and so they're now having their what their victory lap their victor's crowns okay they're there as john sees them but they weren't there when ezekiel and isaiah saw them. so we looked at all these things right it's probably right the church we have a lot of cross reference that point to that but it doesn't specifically say right so we have to be kind of careful with that because there's other other interpretations but I feel very confident, at least in my mind, that now it really is referring to the church. Because the church is raptured, right? They come up into heaven. They finish the race. They have the victor's crowns. They're there now. They weren't there in the time of Isaiah's vision. They weren't there in the time of Ezekiel's vision, which is in the Old Testament, right? So it, it does start to make sense. But here, the scroll, we don't have a whole lot of language of what this scroll is. But I'm going to pose some some uh, some data to you, okay? So we always want to go to other scripture, right, to help us to interpret scripture, right? We don't want to just kind of go, well, I had this vision and God gave me this word or whatever. Now, that's okay, but it needs to be backed up with other scriptures. So this is what I'm going to do this morning. Now, before I do that, to identify what perhaps this scroll is, I want to mark to you just there's a lot of difference of opinions. 
And these are with some good Bible scholars, okay? And I want to just give you this because I want to draw this to your attention. I'm going to read you some different views on what this scroll is, and these are some really good commentators. And you know, a lot of these commentators, they're from the same camp that we come from. We believe in the what? The tribulation, the seven-year, I mean the rapture, the seven-year tribulation, the millennial kingdom, and then the eternal state. And so we have ones that even hold to this uh, interpretation of Scripture. They differ on what this what this scroll is. Okay, so I want to mark this to you. I'm going to read some of them to you, but I'm going to focus on the one I believe is correct. Okay, but I believe. Or I, we can't be dogmatic about it. Okay, so there are some that would believe that this scroll is actually a will. And God, it's God the Father's will. And um, it's an interesting thing. And the reason really they point to is basically they go to history. And they go to the Roman Empire. The interpretation with uh, some of the commentators is that this is a will. And what they point to is in that time, in the Roman Empire, wills, they were written on scrolls and they were sealed with seven seals. So they look at that, they see that this is a seven sealed scroll, right? And so it could be God's will, right? And so that's really where they kind of draw that, that conclusion. Let me, um, let me give you the commentators that hold to that view, uh, that it's a will. His final settlement on the affairs of the universe, Barclay says that he believes that it's, it's a will. God's final uh, uh, settlement on the affairs of the universe. Also, um, Walvoord believes that it's, it's a will. Okay, and then also David Guzik, who's uh, a commentator that I use out of the Calvary Chapel circle here, right? And so we have some good uh, Bible students that believe it's, it's a will. And the reason they, the main reason they point to is the, um, the seven seals on the scroll. And they refer to um, uh, a couple of people in the Roman Empire, some of the emperors, how their will was written on a scroll and they had seven seals on them. Okay, so with this scroll appearing, as John described it, it has seven seals on it, they said that it could be God's will. Now, the problem or the trouble I have with that is that why would God the Father write a will? doesn't make sense to me. He's never going to die, right? Wills are written for people that die. So that to me doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, I, I guess we can't be dogmatic because it doesn't actually say, right, what this scroll is, okay? But that, that's one interpretation. And, and I, you know, it's an interpretation as it's held by, by some good commentators. You know, also, um, another view is it's, it's the book of the New Covenant, and, and a, um, a commentator named Goddard kind of uh, um, infers that. And then, you know, actually, uh, J. Vernon McGee holds to that, and he takes it a little bit further. He believes it's the new covenant written to Israel. Okay? Now, let, let me talk about that. Now, we don't know for sure, but this is what J. Vernon McGee kind of infers. But he says this, and, and it kind of makes sense because, really, Israel is going to be redeemed in the seven-year tribulation, right? And they're going to live on into the millennial kingdom. So maybe it could be, right, that this scroll is the new covenant written to Israel. And remember Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34, that I'm going to write what my law in their hearts and their minds, right? And so that's a prophecy written to Israel. And so perhaps that, that could be it, right? It's the new covenant and going a little bit further than, than God. It's the new covenant written to Israel. That, that might be, that might be. It's a possibility, right? Again, J. Vernon McGee holds to that. But, you know, one of the things um, 
I hold to, or one of the interpretations I hold to really is that I believe it's the title deed to the earth. And this is what we're going to spend some time talking about, that it's the title deed to the earth. And, and this is held by commentators like Ironside and Warren Wearsby, Dr. Henry Morris, and then our own Pastor Chuck Smith. I read a lot of commentaries, more than I usually do, just to kind of find out language on this, what people believe. And I got to tell you, there's good commentators, ones that I really respect, and they differ. All that should say what? that we really don't know, right? And I want to mention this because, again, sometimes we're dogmatic on things where we shouldn't be. And one of the things that really impressed me about these commentators that I read is that none of them were dogmatic. They were very humble in their interpretation. And so, you know, I kind of started to think that, you know, perhaps the ones that are most dogmatic about things that are silent are ones that perhaps aren't humble. And so it's one of the things to take note of because we don't see it spelled on ex out in Scripture exactly what this scroll is, even though it is a very significant piece in Revelation chapter 5. Okay, so I'm going to spend the next five, ten minutes to just share with you some cross-references in Scripture why I believe, along with Pastor Chuck and Warren Wiersbe and Dr. Henry Morris and Ironside, and, and even John MacArthur believes that this is the title deed to the earth. Okay, now... The reason is, is because it's a scroll that is written on the inside and on the back, right? And in Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 9 through 15, it's a record of a title deed to some land. Remember that? Remember what that title deed was? Remember, let me just kind of give you the backdrop here. Is that Remember Jeremiah, he's prophesying that they're going to go into exile. But remember, as he's prophesying that, he's saying that you need to give up. Those that are in Jerusalem, I said, you need to give up. God is going to come in, and he's going to use Nebuchadnezzar to take you into exile and get used to it. Because for 70 years, right, you're going to be in exile. But what are the false prophets saying? Hey, that God's going to deliver us. Okay, we see that in a good part of the, uh, the book of Jeremiah. We see the pro false prophets telling them something that's not true to stay and to fight. And we see the true prophet, Jeremiah, and maybe one or two others telling them the truth, that you need to give up, right, because... There's 70 years of exile. The thing is, the 70 years of exile, after that, Jeremiah's prophecy that God is going to bring you back into the land. That's why you need to go into exile. You need to serve the king of Babylon, and you need to set up camp there for 70 years because you and your descendants are going to come back into the land. And so what he has Jeremiah do, he hasn't purchased some land. Now, why would you purchase land that's going to be taken over? Doesn't make sense, right? Well, it's part of that prophecy. He's saying, Jeremiah, you purchase this land because you're going to be, your descendants are going to be coming back. And so it was a prophecy to Jeremiah. And so in that, though, the point I want to make is that there's a title deed that's given and written. And I want to take you to that, right? Because you're going to see some similarities with what is described here, this scroll that is written on what, the front and the back. So I want you to hold your hand here. And I want you to go with me to Jeremiah chapter 32. We're going to read that account very quickly. And this is just a cross-reference as support that this could be the title deed to the earth. Just as what we see in the scroll in Jeremiah is a title deed to some land, right? When they return to the land. So let's go to Jeremiah. Let's go back to the major prophets. Go to Jeremiah chapter 32. And let's begin to read there. Jeremiah chapter 32. 
And we're going to pick up our text right from verse 8, okay? Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 8. Let's read from verse 8. It says, Then Hanamel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said to me, Please buy my field that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is yours, and the redemption yours, buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. So I bought the field from Hanamel, the son of my uncle, who was in Anathoth, and weighed out to him the money, 17 shekels of silver. And I signed the deed and sealed it. Notice he sealed it. doesn't say seven seals, right? But he sealed it. Took witnesses and weighed the money on the scales. Verse 11, so I took the purchase deed, both that which was sealed according to the law and custom, and that which was open. Verse 12. And I gave the purchase deed to Barak, the son of Neriah, son of Maaseah, in the presence of Hanamel, my uncle's son, and in the presence of the witnesses who signed the purchase deed before all the Jews who sat in the court of the prison. And then I charged Barak before them, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these deeds, both this purchase deed, which is sealed, and this deed, which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel, that they may last many days. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Okay, so this is a title deed to some land. And why is that? It's because... It's a land that's going to be, what, reclaimed when they come back. Okay, so I want you to know, it's a scroll. And it's written on the scroll, right, this title deed, and it's sealed. It doesn't say seven seals, but it is sealed. Now, another reference you might want to go to is Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Now, we're not going to have time to go there, but you can mark this in your own time and read it. And it references a scroll that is sealed. And it's a scroll that has writing on the front and the back. Now, in that day, what they do is a scroll, right? It would be a scroll and it would be rolled on the left and the right side. And how they would read the scroll, right, is that they would begin on the left side, right, and they would start to what? Roll it on to the right side. And so they'd read it and they would read it vertically up and down and then they would read the next section up and down and then they would start to scroll it, right, from right to left. And that's how they would read the scroll. Now, before the scroll is read, it has to be loosed. And so when you had a title deed document so it's not tampered with, they would seal it. So they'd have this scroll and they would tie it with string or rope or, or a thin rope, right? And then they would put a, uh, a wax seal on it to make sure that it wasn't tampered with, okay? And so to unravel that scroll, they would have to break the seal, okay? So that was the custom. And so we know that this title deed had a seal on it. Right? And so for it to be read, right, it had to be broken. The seal had to be broken. But usually when they would have a title deed written, it would be written on the inside of the scroll and it would be signed on the outside, all the different players. Could that be the description of the scroll in Revelation chapter 5? As he saw writing on the inside and the outside. Could the outside be the signature, right, of God? The signature of the Lord. Now, that's just cross-referencing to some examples of 
a scroll being a title deed, okay? Again, Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 9 through 15 specifically, and then you might want to take a look at Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Okay, so now let's go back to Revelation chapter 5. It says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back. Okay, so maybe on the back was the signature. Maybe, again, we do not know for sure. We're just putting these together, right, with these other scriptures, and we're seeing what best fits. And it says, sealed with seven, seven seals. Now, the question has to be, why does God need a title deed to the earth? Why does Jesus need a title deed to the earth? The philosophical question, doesn't God own everything? Isn't God sovereign? Well, God is sovereign. He holds the title deed, right? But remember this, the title deed means what? Who is sovereign upon the land, right? Who owns the land? Well, we know that God owns the land. He owns the heavens and the earth. And we know Jesus is fully God. But remember this. Remember when God created Adam and Eve? He created mankind. What happened? He gave them dominion over all the earth. But what happened in Genesis chapter 3? Remember they rebelled against God? How did they rebel against God? Because they have, I believe, free will. And the free will to either follow what God said or not follow what God said. They chose not to follow what God said. And so therefore, they forfeited their dominion to the God of this world. Right? That's what Paul calls Satan, right? He calls Satan the God of this world. Also, Jesus calls Satan the prince of this world. John chapter 12, verse 31. We see references in scripture of what? Of Satan being what? The prince of the power of the air. Right? All these references to this authority now that Satan has over this world. Now, ultimately, God has the authority. We know. But because man forfeited that because he rebelled against God, now we see that Satan has a lot of authority over this world, controlling this world, right? And so I think of it this way. It's kind of like a marriage, right? God is married to his people, right? But his people rebel. And so there's a time, right, that they're separated. And during that time... Satan has dominion over this world, but there'll be a time when they'll be brought back together. Now, we'll see that, right, in the latter days, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, so hang with me on this philosophical kind of reasoning here, okay? So if indeed we see in Scripture that mankind forfeited their dominion, right, the God of this world, as referenced by Paul, and the prince of this world, as referenced by Jesus, right, is now the one that is controlling a lot of this world. And so the title deed of this earth will be reestablished and reclaimed after Satan is dealt with. Does that make sense? And so that's why the title deed to the earth argument kind of fits with this scenario here. Because we've forfeited, mankind has forfeited dominion. It's going to be reestablished when Jesus returns with the saints. To rule and reign for a thousand years. Okay, so let's keep reading chapter 5 and we'll comment more on this thought. Okay, verse 2 says, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? Now, who is worthy? Well, we're going to see, right? Only the Lamb. And we're going to see why only the Lamb is worthy. Okay, now, but firstly, I want to mention this. It says, Then I saw a strong angel. Who is this angel? Well, we don't know as well, but we do know that Gabriel means strength of God. The name Gabriel means strength of God. So 
Many commentators, I was going to say, well, this could be Gabriel. Could be, but we don't know for sure. But we know that it's a strong angel proclaiming in a loud voice, and he's saying, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? So this strong angel, if it is Gabriel, he's not worthy. Now, he's a pretty strong angel if it's Gabriel, but he's not worthy. But notice it says that no one is worthy. Notice verse 3 says, and no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to even look at it. And so no one is worthy to open this scroll. And I believe that this gives us an indicator of what this scroll is. Because who is able to open it and who is not able to open it. And we know that it's the Lamb specifically that's highlighted. And this gives us, I think, a pointer to what this scroll is. Verse 4. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, verse 5. <clears throat> Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. So, who's worthy? Well, who's the lion of the tribe of Judah? Well, we know from Scripture that that is Jesus the Messiah. And you can go to some cross-references there, specifically in Genesis. Remember in Genesis, right there at the end of Genesis, when, um, when Jacob is prophesying his old age over the twelve of his 12 sons. Remember, he prophesies over, over Judah. And he prophesies as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Actually, let me pull that uh, up for you. This is in um, Genesis chapter 49, verses 9 and 10. The prophecy over Judah from Jacob as he was growing older says, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. What is he saying? The lion of the tribe of Judah, Messiah is going to come from Judah, and the scepter is not going to depart. The scepter is what? It's an element of a king, right? The king holds a scepter. And it says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. So we're going to have what? An eternal king. So we know that this is Jesus the Messiah, right? Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. All tribes, sons, and language are going are to bow at the feet of Jesus. Okay, so <clears throat> when John says Lion of the tribe of Judah, it's a reference to Messiah. And we refer to, as I mentioned, Genesis chapter 49, verses 9 and 10. Now, it also says the root of David. Who's the root of David? Well, Jesus came from the loins of David. And this specifically is highlighted in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Now, who's Jesse? Jesse is the father of David, right? And so the root of Jesse means what? The root of David. It says, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So when a branch grows out of the roots of Jesse, grows out of the roots of David. Again, it's, it's referring to Jesus Messiah. Okay, so he says that only Jesus is able to open the scroll, to loose the seals, only Jesus. So the question, why only Jesus? Now, why wouldn't God the Father open it? He's able, but specifically he says that the line of the tribe of Judah, the lamb, prevailed. God can do it, but he specifically highlights only the lamb is going to do it. Why? See, I believe that that is significant to pointing to the title deed of the earth. And so let's keep, keep reading. We'll unravel this a little bit more. Verse 6. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne 
and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. Okay, so this must be Jesus, right? The Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. Why does he appear as a lamb? Isn't this the revelation of Jesus, holy God? Why does he appear as a lamb? Well, I believe he appears as a lamb. Now, he's described in his sovereignty as well, right? Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. Speaks of his omniscience and his omnipresence. So we see a reference to his deity. But why reference to his humanity as a lamb? You see, I believe there's reference to both his humanity, specifically his humanity, because this qualifies him to loose the seals of the scroll. Because it's a title deed to the earth. Remember, man had dominion over the earth. God created it that way, right? But he lost that dominion as he rebelled and as he sinned. But as sin is taken care of, what's going to happen? Man is going to be given dominion again. How's that? He's going to return with the bridegroom. The bride is married now to the bridegroom at the marriage supper of the Lamb. They're going to return to this earth. And what are they going to do? They're going to have dominion. They're going to rule and reign for a thousand years. So it would seem to fit logically and philosophically, right? That this title deed could be, or this scroll could be the title deed to the earth. And so when the last seven seal is loose, right? Jesus is going to return. Sin is going to be purged from this earth. Jesus is going to return with his bride and they're going to rule and reign together. They're going to have dominion over this earth together. It would make sense. Philosophically, I believe. Okay, so... It says, a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits sent out into all the earth. Now, verse 7 says, Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So God is in control. God the Father is in control. God the Son is in control. But God the Son as a lamb is now going to what? Loose the seals, right? Again, there needs to be that uniqueness in the second person of the Godhead, fully God, fully man. Because man would be what? Given dominion over the earth again during the millennium. Man in terms of his joint relationship with Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, right? The church being the bride. Now, it's interesting what happens at the end of the tribulation. We mentioned this. We'll get to this more a little bit later. So we know that the church is raptured at the beginning of the tribulation, marriage supper of the Lamb. But before the millennial kingdom starts, we see in Scripture that the Old Testament saints will be raptured. And also the tribulation saints will be raptured. So all these raptured ones of the faith, they'll go on to the millennial kingdom and they'll rule and reign. They're representative of the entire human race. You've got the Old Testament saints, you've got the New Testament saints, and you got what? Tribulation saints. Covers pretty much everybody of the faithful, right? So they're going to rule and reign with Christ. And so you can see how they will have dominion over this earth again. And so this whole thing about the title deed to the earth being the scroll that seal, it, it does make sense to me. Okay? Can we be dogmatic? Well, not really. And I mark this to you because perhaps it's not so important what the scroll is. Even though the title deed to this makes a lot of sense to me, what is more important is that the seals that are loose, they administer judgment upon this earth to prepare for the return of Christ. 
That's the more important thing. And you know, I gotta tell you, that's the important thing that's focused upon in Revelation 6 through 19, is the loosing of the seals. Not what the scroll is, okay? So we wanna mark that in our study. Now verse eight says, now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saint. Okay, so the scroll is taken, and the sense in heaven is that they know the end is coming near. And so, notice in verse 9, it says, and they sang a new song. Why is the song new? Well, it's because if this scroll is the title deed to the earth, which I believe it is, right? What that means is that man and the Lord are going to return and they're going to have dominion over the earth again, as it should be. And so there's a new song. Because i got to tell you, people, certainly the dominion doesn't seem very powerful now, does it? Who seems to be in control of the earth? It really is the God of this earth, right? It's Satan. You look at this earth. This is not how God created it to be. And so when at this juncture in heaven, when this seal is introduced and the Lamb takes it, it is just a matter of, what, seven years, basically. And then this earth is going to be reestablished to be ruled and reign as it was supposed to be. Okay, so and they sang a new song. And so at this point, there's, there's a new kind of worship. It's worship, but it's a new song. And it's a song that I think professes just that, that dominion of, of God, of Jesus, and the resurre resurrected saints ruling and reigning. Uh, on this earth. Okay, so, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll. Who is worthy? Jesus, the Lamb. And to open its seals. Jesus, the Lamb, is worthy to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. See, this to me is the qualifier. Who's worthy? Jesus. Why? Because he was slain and redeemed us to God by his blood. That's the qualifier. That's why he is the only one that has the merits, right, to loose that scroll, to loose its seals. God can do it, but it's God becoming man, right, because he was slain. It's the son, and he redeemed us to God by his blood. He's the one, right, that is appointed to loose the seven seals and to open the scroll out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation because he redeemed all mankind back to God through the blood, through his own blood, through the cross. And it's all man will be represented as they rule and reign, right, for a thousand years and have dominion upon this earth. Now verse 10 says, and he made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Notice the party says, and we shall reign on the earth. That's very important. Why? Because that establishes our dominion again. We shall reign with Christ upon the earth. He has made us kings and priests. How does he make us kings and priests? When we become born again, right? We're born into what? Into that royal family, right? And then priests, right? Are we now priests to God? Well, no longer do we need to go to any priest, right, to get to God, first thing, right? Jesus is our great high priest. But then now we become representatives or ambassadors, right, of the Lord Jesus Christ. When people on this earth see us, they should be seeing Christ, right? We're his hands and his feet. 
we're the ambassadors of Christ. Okay, so that's what was established at the cross. And because of that, we will rule and reign physically on this earth, right? When that title deed is finally loose and opened, right? We're going to reclaim, right, dominion upon this earth in the millennial kingdom. Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Now, I want to mark verse 11 to you because remember we looked at how the 24 elders, the number 24 we said was a representative number, right? And so it wasn't just 24 people in the church, right? It was representative of the church, just as the 24 orders of priests we mentioned, right, that would come to the throne and minister, they were representative of the thousands upon thousands of priests and the hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of Israelites at that time, right? They represented Israel to the God and God to Israel, okay? So that's the representative of the number. But the fact of the matter is that there's thousands upon thousands and hundreds of thousands of saints right there, okay? And that's described in verse 11. Basically, you can't number them. Now they're doing what? They're worshiping. They're saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb. Who are they worshiping now? Okay, so this new person of the Godhead. When I say new person, not because he was new and created. This one new in our picture of the throne, right? We see God the Father there and God the Spirit there in Revelation 4. Now we see a new person revealed in God the Son, the Lamb in Revelation 5, and the worshiping the Lamb, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. That's why the Lamb is so important in chapter 5. It connects us to this seven-sealed scroll. Only the Lamb is worthy to loose those seals and open that scroll. Only the Lamb. And so they say, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing." And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all of that are in them and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. So I want you to know this. Every creature in heaven, on the earth and under the earth and such are as in the sea, such as are in the sea. That's every creature. You remember the scripture where Jesus says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess? The scripture that says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Boy, that, that really does match this description here, right? Whether they believed or not, right, there's going to be that recognition, right? Of the Lamb. Thanks again for joining us on our podcast of Calvary Chapel Echo Park. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the teaching and join us again as we continue to study the Word of God. Once again, you can always visit us on our homepage at ccechopart.com for more information and teachings from Pastor David. To God be the glory.